You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. As a therapist, how you communicate with clients online is just as important as how you communicate in your sessions. If you use email and web forms, they need to be secure and HIPAA compliant. Hushmail takes the guesswork out of secure communication by providing encrypted email, web forms, and e-signatures all in one HIPAA compliant package. Are you still using paper forms or sending your clients PDFs that they have to print out, fill out, and scan back? Online forms will save you a ton of time, not to mention make things easier for your clients. With Hush Secure Forms, you can start with a template and customize it to reflect your practice. Or use the drag-and-drop form builder to build forms from scratch with fields for e-signatures. Add the forms to your website or send them through secure email. Hush Secure Forms also include screening forms such as the PHQ-9 Depression Screening that delivers a score upon completion. They also have a good faith estimate template to ensure you're in compliance with the No Surprises Act. Move your intake, informed consent, health history, and other practice forms to Hush Secure Forms. Your clients will spend less time in the waiting room and more time getting the care that they need. Go to try.hushmail.com backslash all things and enjoy the first month of your plan for free. Hey everyone, you are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Casal, joined today by Austin Armstrong. He is the CEO and founder of Socialty Pro, a marketing organization that helps people get brand recognition, grow their businesses, their audiences, specializing in TikTok. I know a lot of you therapists and small business owners out there are probably cringing when you hear the word TikTok or also really intrigued at the same time. And Austin, it's really good to have you on and I'm looking forward to having this conversation. Yeah, Patrick, thank you so much for the opportunity. Hopefully we expand some uh, some thoughts today on the opportunity and potential of TikTok for this industry. Yeah, this will be a interesting conversation coming on the heels of one I just did with a friend of mine that I was just talking to you about before we hit record. Mm-hmm. And the good, the bad, the ugly, all about TikTok and therapy and marketing. But mm-hmm. I, I know we want to kind of talk just in general about marketing strategy and things that work, things that definitely don't work. Um, (laughs) You were mentioning to me that you know a lot of therapists in the industry, how they mentioned to you, they have 10 plus years of schooling, but they have no idea how to run a business, how to market a business. And to be quite honest, most people hear the word marketing and they kind of cringe. They get this feeling of like, oh, this feels gross or this feels sleazy. I feel like a used car salesman. Yeah, I, I get that. I think it's it's important, though, if you go into private practice or you start any business, you you have to grow that business, right? It, it's You have to talk about it in, in one way or the other. And particularly in this industry, I, I, I'm not a therapist, but I, I have the opinion of, of working in the space for so long that you almost do a disservice to, to people online if you're not sharing information to help them. You know, the, this is a platform where Regardless of if we talk about TikTok or or any platform, if you're creating blog articles, if you're creating YouTube videos, if you're active on social media, this is where a large collection of people are looking 
and they're looking for you and they're looking for help and they're looking for answers. And it's an opportunity for you to connect with them and share helpful advice. Yeah, well said. And I think that there's a major disconnect in the therapeutic community and profession of, I want to help, but I can also make money simultaneously. So a lot of people struggle with the mindset that both things can be done as if it's out of alignment with their values. And in reality, for all of you listening right now, if you're a therapist who's in an agency or a group practice or going out on your own, if you're going to open up a business and pay taxes and charge clients, you are a business owner, regardless of whether or not you want to call yourself one or not. So treating your business like a business is something that I preach all the time in my coaching courses to therapists. And marketing is a huge component of this. And I think it's one that gets overlooked so often, again, because lack of understanding, the inability to conceptualize, how do I do this and make it fun? Or how do I do this and make it helpful? You know, I, I think everyone assumes they have to be like, sale, 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 like beating you over the head with it. But in reality, like you said, you could just be providing really good quality information, which is essentially elevating your brand from people who are in your community who are not doing those things because COVID has changed the game, right? In terms of a lot of our business structures, a lot of therapists moved online immediately and may never go back into the office. So how the hell do you get your name out there? if you are unable or unwilling to do the marketing and business aspects that make your business continue to stay afloat and grow. Yeah, well said. I, I think you, you sort of alluded to something there too. This is a, a very common misconception that marketing and sales are the same thing when in fact they're not. Sales are the result of good marketing and good marketing is sort of just spreading the word about what you do, the services that you offer, how you can individually help people, it's not inherently salesy. And in fact, it shouldn't be. If you're only putting out, uh, you know, infomercials and everything that you post is contact me now, that will never work, right? Good marketing is building that no like, and trust factor. They have to see you consistently and they have to like you based on the personality and information that you put out there. And they have to trust you based on the information and how it resonates with their exact uh, situation or, or personal experience which is going to cause them to reach out to you and ultimately turn into a, a sale or a patient in this instance. Yeah, absolutely. You, that's really well said. And I was laughing while you were saying that because I was thinking about like shake weight commercials and infomercials, like people that are just like QVC shit and like stuff that's always like sell, sell, yeah. sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, like especially therapists, um, you know, I'm a therapist and a, a practice building coach now, but the coaching world really gets the the brunt of the like people just sliding in your DMs and being like, hey, I saw you do this. Can I sell you this? And you're like, I don't even fucking know who you are. Like, oh I'm not going to give you my money, my business. Like, I, I just don't believe in that. So it, you're right. It's like putting out valuable content, right? Yeah. Putting out information to people because you genuinely want to help them with a specific issue or problem area, not understanding that that in turn comes back around in terms of sales or clients or new phone calls coming into the business because you're providing something for the community or providing something for the people you want to work with. And I do think a lot of people just get that wrong where they have that association of marketing equals salesy or salesmanship. And that's just not the case. Like you mentioned, it takes marketing to lead to sales. It takes marketing to lead to phone calls. And for all of you out there listening, like I've had my practice open for six months. I'm not getting any phone calls. 
I've got a psychology today listing and it fucking sucks. Like everyone else's, you are not getting calls because you're not out in the community. You're not visible. Your clients don't know how to find you. Yeah. So true. Uh, you just said, you just said so many funny things that I, I resonate with. Like as an agency owner, I get these DMS constantly on Facebook and LinkedIn, right. Of people just like cold messaging me, trying to, to get me to sign up for their thing. It's like, I have no idea who you are. Why would I give you my money? <laughs> First of all, and like the, yeah, the psychology today thing is so funny too. And um, we'll, we can sort of go into some strategies if you want. But another thing, just because you're repurposing the same quote images on your Instagram and Facebook pages, every other business out there, that does not work. <laughs> you're this not going to get great. clients because you're posting quote images on Instagram, Facebook. Come on now. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Like this inspirational quote that you took from somebody else that you're repurposing. Yeah, that's great. You might get some likes, you might get some comments, you might get some shares, but that's not going to turn into a conversion, no. especially if it's not original content. It's not helping a problem. It's just there to be, you know, filler content, so to speak. And, you know, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole right now. I teach therapists how to rewrite their profile pages and their content being really authentic. And I look at some bad fucking profiles. Like I will walk alongside you. I've got pictures of stacked rocks. I use every acronym under the sun, every license type, every intervention. And I'm like, who talks like this? Like Therapists, you have to realize that 90% of the population does not have a master's degree in clinical mental health therapy or counseling. We don't all talk the same way. We don't use the same jargon. You have to realize that you're doing yourself and your clients a disservice when you can't capture their attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. It's so true. I know exactly what image you're talking about. Stacked rocks too. So. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of like hate emails sometimes when I put these episodes out or write about this stuff. And I'm like, don't be the fucking Applebee's of therapy. Don't use like, I will walk alongside you and I've got stacked rocks and A, B, and C. And then people will message me and be like, hey, I've got stacked rocks. Do you think I'm a bad therapist? I'm like, no, you're probably a great therapist. You just suck at business. And that's okay. Because yeah. that's why we're talking about this. Because you didn't learn it in grad school. My grad school almost made private practice and small business ownership taboo to, to have a conversation about. We would bring it up and it would be like, oh no, nobody does those things and nobody does it successfully. So you should go into an agency job because that's where all the money is. And then you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like what money exists in that job? So it, it's almost frowned upon. It's almost like you shouldn't be able to do those things until you earn your stripes or you become this wizard therapist who knows like, endless amounts of information. But in reality, it's like, I know great therapists and clinicians who are shit business owners. And I know mediocre therapists who are fantastic business owners. And unfortunately, the latter is going to stay full long term. And the former, the one that's the fantastic clinician, but doesn't know how to put their content out there or create anything is probably going to fold up shop after six months. Yeah. And I mean, you can, you can build up a great word of mouth business, right? And get, get those reviews online, get your, you know, Google business listing reviews, get your Yelp reviews, all the whole nine yards. But the, the power from this comes from, I, I like to call it basically duplicating yourself or quantifying your expertise. And if you're putting a lot of your expertise perspectives, um, uh, and advice out there, not specific clinical advice for a specific, you know, uh, person, of course, you're essentially taking your expertise and putting it out there where people can find it and it works for you 24 seven. Yeah, absolutely.
and just the realization that because we're all living in this era of being more maybe nomadic in nature in terms of career or not tied down or working remotely, I always think about the internet and social media as a virtual storefront. So, so to speak like, Hey, this is a little bit about what Austin offers, right? Like, let's go into the website. Let's go into the social media side. Let's get a feel for the voice, the way that they kind of talk about things like their thoughts on things. And if we don't have that consistently, right? Cause content creation is also a big part of this. Like the consistency isn't there. Mm-hmm. then I'm going to probably move on to the next one, right? Because at the end of the day, our attention spans are just so damn short. I know mine is. I keep looking out the window while we're talking. And I think about it almost as like the equivalency of a restaurant. You want to find out if they're open. You want to call them. You want to see if they have a special. You land on their social media. They haven't updated it in two years. And your immediate reaction is, well, they're probably closed. Like they clearly aren't in business anymore. Yeah, and it, if you think about it from like a, a content consumption consumption perspective uh before all of these streaming platforms netflix hulu whatever um there was it was television and it was scheduled television right and we knew what time our favorite television show was on we knew the season we knew every thursday at 7 p.m our favorite show was was on and we could depend on that right and if it didn't come on it was the end of the world right like did the show (laughs) was it canceled uh, or is there like an emergency in the world? Is there war right now? Like what, what's, what the hell's going on? Right. Uh, but we built up that, that, uh, consistency of, of knowing and planning ahead and, and watching that. And you don't necessarily need, like this helps with YouTube, but like TikTok, for instance, you don't need to upload a video every day at 3 PM, for instance, but that consistency of whatever that looks like for you is is so important, right? Like you can't just take six months off and and think to yourself, like, why why have my phone calls stopped? Why am I not getting any more form fills on my website? Well, it's because you haven't put anything out there in in months, however long it is. You have to continue to sort of feed the beast, but it gets easier. It gets easier. And probably gets to be kind of habitual too once you get into that routine where it doesn't feel so much like a chore where you're like dreading having to record or dreading having to create content. Because I know a lot of people think that way and there are strategies and I'm sure you know a lot more than I do in terms of how to ensure that you don't have to sit in your office every day after day creating content. And you're right. I mean, if you don't show up, if you post once a week and then you take a month off and then you pop back up and you're like, why isn't the phone ringing? Why isn't my website getting more clicks? Well, it's because you haven't been consistent, right? You're not visible consistently. You're not out in front of the general public consistently. I even have this conversation. I own a group practice here in Asheville with my therapist. If they get too comfortable with their caseloads and they take their foot off the gas of like networking or being visible within the community and their phone calls start to drop off and their consult requests start to drop off. It's always about going back to basics, right? Because you get comfortable, my caseload's full all right, I'm not going to do any of the things that worked for me for me to get here. And then ultimately it's like, oh shit, connecting with one therapist a week in the community was very helpful, right? Because it, again, it's like forefront of our minds psychologically too. It's like, I'm going to think about Zach because Zach has been more visible in the community in the Facebook groups, et cetera. And now it's at the forefront of my mind when I get a phone call from someone. So it, it, consistency is so huge. And I think we miss that mark a lot. Yeah, you kind of always want to be on the attack too a little bit rather than playing on the defense because if it if it slows down, 
it, it, it's, it might be harder at times. I, I don't know your workflow exactly, but it might be harder to build up that momentum again. If, if, you know, you, you lost a lot of that, a lot of these social media platforms, I know TikTok in particular really thrives off of that consistency. So if you, you know, you find yourself stagnant or, or you, you pull off the gas a little bit because you're happy with, with everything. And then you pull back, it's, it's going to take time to build that engine a little bit again. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point. One thing that comes up pretty often, I want to know your thoughts on this is yeah. so many people assume that if you are, if you're going to be marketing on social media, you have to be on all the platforms. And I always caution people against that because if you're already feeling resistance to saying like, I want to show up on social media, the odds of you showing up consistently on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, it feels almost impossible to me if, if that's already the mentality you're going into it with. What do you think about that? Just feeling like having more intentionality around where you show up. Yeah, I think that's that's really important because all of these platforms, it's and like there's a, yeah, TikTok, maybe some of, of your audience is listening is like, oh my gosh, there's another platform. I already can't keep up with Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Now you're telling me I got to get on TikTok as well. Focus on what you can consistently commit to and then slowly build upon that, right? Because uh, that consistency is really the most important thing. And like, if you found you're getting, you're getting clients from Facebook, you're leveraging Facebook groups, you're leveraging, you know, various networks on there, various online communities, and that's working for you. Great. Stick with that consistently, right? And then maybe build upon it when that gets uh, to that point that you're comfortable with it. It's, it's second nature. It's, it's like the back of your hand. You know how to do that on autopilot. You don't have to think about it. Then add another platform on there. Don't think that you automatically need to do every single platform every single day. It's going to burn yourself out, right? There's only so much time um, in, the, in the day to do this. Now, I, I will say that because of the success of TikTok, it's never been easier to repurpose your content across all social media. So uh, short form vertical video is, as the name implies, a short video, typically 60 seconds or less in vertical format, like up and down on, on your phone. That's the format. Because of the rapid growth and success of TikTok, all of these other platforms are, are, are sort of adopting that same format of content. Uh, Instagram supports it with Instagram Reels. YouTube supports it with YouTube Shorts. Facebook has Reels now. LinkedIn supports vertical video. Um, you can even upload these onto Google My Business if you want and various other platforms. So what you can easily do now is once you have this workflow down and you don't have to start at this point again, but once you get comfortable with it, you can execute one really well done short form vertical video or vertical video. And you can post that same exact video to all of your platforms. And it works right now, as long as you're actually educating people and, and communicating helpful advice. Remember, you're not um, blasting a sales tactic. You're not talking, of, you're, it's not an infomercial. You're providing genu genuinely helpful information in this format. We're at a, a unique space in the digital marketing game and the social media game where this content works across the board. Three to five years ago, that really wasn't the case. Every, the, the general census was that you needed to create unique content for every single platform. But we're in this sort of strange bubble where, where these vertical videos are, are working across the board. That's great advice. So for everyone out there listening and feeling like I just can't do it all, 
That sounds like a pretty damn easy way to kind of get your stuff out there across the board without really having to recreate and recreate and recreate, which I know is, that sounds like hell for a lot of you, including myself, who does a lot of engagement in general. Um, that's such a great point, and I'm glad that you made that. I also think about like fostering relationships through content that you're putting out there, right? Like putting content out there and fostering any, the engagement that comes with it. So if you've developed a Facebook group and you have a lot of people who who kind of hang on every word that you have, foster those relationships, like really engage with the people who are helping push your content higher up the board, so to speak. I mean, I have a Facebook group for therapists and 99% of my coaching that's been sold has come from the Facebook group that I've created because there are relationships that are built in there and fostered on a genuine like day-to-day -day basis. So I think we're so much more likely to invest in people we trust, businesses we trust, et cetera, that we have some sort of relationship with, whether it's direct or indirect. So if I say to someone, hey, I know this guy does wonderful social media marketing, talking about Austin, and I give that to someone else, that's kind of my reputation too, right? But mm -hmm. you're so much more likely to look your information up if you trust the source that it's coming from. And I think that's what marketing is about, is just allowing people to trust your reputation, your brand, what you're putting out to the world, that you have good intentions about what you're talking about. And I always follow the 80-20 rule. I'm, I'm sure you're more than familiar with that, but like, we're not sale, 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 sale in my coaching business. It's like free content, free content, free content, lots of resources. Hey, we're launching this thing. Oh yeah, that's the, the Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk mentality of jab, 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 right hook. Give, 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 <laughs> ask. Right. Yeah. Cause and, who the hell wants to get like email blast after email blast of like, Hey, I have this offer. Hey, I'm selling this. Hey, join my mastermind. Hey, join my, you know, it's like, okay, fuck off. I would unsubscribe from my own stuff if that was my, you know, the email I was seeing every day of my life. Yeah, totally agree. It, it's a, it's sort of a mindset shift with marketing too, to, to give out really high quality advice and, and information and content for free over and over again. But the results that it yields are phenomenal. And it's because most people don't do that. They have that opposite mentality of sale, 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 right? But when you're consistently just putting out free, awesome content that just genuinely helps people, especially in this industry, right? Talking about, you know, life, life problems, relationship problems, um, substance abuse and addiction problems, right? You're putting out really helpful information. This is a video that they can take and sort of, um, you know, consume and, and think about it. And there was no call to action in, the, in that video necessarily, right? This is just a piece of information that they stumble across and it's resonated with them and it's helped, it's helped them. It's made them think a little bit. That's what gets the wheels start ticking when you do that over and over again. They trust you, right? They, they like your messaging. It's really resonated with them. And then over time, you throw in there like, Hey, I'm accepting new clients, right? Or, Hey, get my, um, 10 free tips for dealing with a narcissist ebook, right? <laughs> yep. Because you've talked about this and that that's applicable to their situation in real life. They're like, okay, this person has communicated really fantastic information with me. I want to give them my email because I trust them, or I'm going to reach out to them because the information that they say is really in alignment with my personal experience. Really well said. Yeah, absolutely. So again, everyone that's listening to the marketing strategy, 
It is about giving away content. It's about giving away really good, solid content. I mean, we live in a world right now where there's so many struggles. As therapists and helpers, you could make content about any of this, you know, 10 tips to deal with COVID fatigue, 10 tips to deal with adopting a new Shih Tzu during COVID. And then they turn out to be socially awkward gremlins and ruin your life. Like you can have any of these conversations and it's really helpful for people because it's relatable. And those are the struggles that they're having. So it can be how to have, how to manage anxiety and substance use when you feel like you've been trapped inside. You know, there's so many ways to put out information and content and make it your own, make it unique, make it authentic to your voice because we are going to repurpose content. It's not like we're stealing content from each other, but most of our ideas are not individualized or unique. And like, we just created them out of thin air, right? So I'm a private practice coach. There are other private practice coaches. We all do things differently. So just remembering that you just put your spin on it, your take, take a subject or a couple of topics and just say, let me talk about these things for a minute or two and see what comes up. Yeah, that is such an important thing too, because that that's such a mental block that I run into where somebody thinks that they're not like, they're not the absolute best. They're not the forefront leader in that particular industry. So, or, or it's been said a bunch of times, they don't think that they can add anything new to it. That is a mind block that is totally wrong, <laughs> to put it bluntly, right? Information, as you said, information is is said over and over and over again. All people want is a voice that resonates with them. It communi- They communicate it different. We're all unique individual uh, people. We, we learn differently. We think about things that we're taught differently. We apply things differently. And maybe somebody has heard that same information over and over again, but this time because you said it and you used a different word, a different adjective or a different tone of voice, something clicked. And that's all, that's what really matters is, is your unique perspective. You don't want to emulate somebody else, right? Because that's not authentic to you. You need to be authentic to yourself with this information. That's the power here. Love that. Absolutely love that. And what we're really talking about there is the imposter syndrome and perfectionism that comes up when we feel like I don't have anything to add. My voice isn't unique. Somebody's already done this. Somebody's done it better. And then we convince ourselves that we shouldn't even try. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, and I'll name it a million times, I've done it on the podcast in my coaching. I prevented myself from starting this podcast, this coaching brand that I've created two years ago for years because other big name coaches live in my same city. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why would anyone hire me if they can hire them? And again, comes back to voice and perspective and the way we talk about things, even if we're talking about the same things. Mm-hmm. myself and the other private practice coaches in the world are not teaching anything new. Private practice startup is private practice startup. Getting your EIN, your MPI, figuring out insurance stuff, like all of that is the same. You can Google that, but it's about voice and presence and how people show up. So remember that when you're getting caught in that headspace, that perfectionism, that I need to be the expert role. You just need to try. You need to put some imperfect action into place and just put it out to the world. It doesn't have to be a fine, polished product at first. Just put it out to the world to get out of your own way. Yeah, I want to bring up uh, an exact uh, uh, example here, if if I may. One of my clients, sure. um, he's, he's a therapist, and uh, there's a lot of different things that that he could talk about, right? He can talk about, he's, a, he's really an expert in LGBT affirming therapy. 
and he could talk about uh, addiction counseling. He could talk about marriage and family counseling and relationship coaching and whatnot. But he's also an expert in narcissism. And there's a lot of narcissism experts out there, really big name players uh, across the board. But what we found out really quickly is that how he communicates information about narcissism really resonated with people. His tone of voice, uh, we use background music to sort of enhance that a little bit, but they're like, he just hit the nail on the head and, and he's honestly, he's going through a little bit of, uh, imposter syndrome because he didn't think that this was something that would click with so many people. He has about 90,000 followers on TikTok right now. Uh, and he has a caseload uh, waiting list, and he's now trying to grow his private practice into a group practice and, and build referral relationships because it worked a little too well. But this is not something that he considered himself really as an expert in, even though that he is. But he doesn't consider himself that way because there's people that have built their entire careers around this one particular vertical, right? But it really worked with, it really has worked with him. And that's why we've, We've sort of done like 60, 70% content around narcissism. And yes, of course, we're still promoting the other services and expertise that he talks about and things that he can help people with. But this is what really connected with a lot of people and, and has worked with them. So sometimes it, it might not even be your particular area of focus. It might be something that, you're, that you don't expect, but you can still help people out with that information. That's such a great example for everyone that's listening to hear and just absorb. And I can relate wholeheartedly. I mean, during COVID, I started talking about imposter syndrome that I have every day of my life on Facebook lives and nobody was watching. Maybe my grandma was watching, was like, hey, nice furniture or something. I'm like, shit, get out of here. But I was nervous. I was like naming the experience, right? Like, oh, I'm nervous about this. Then I would do webinars for therapists for free talk about imposter syndrome, what it feels like, how it shows up, how to manage it. First time I did one was 100 therapists. I forgot to hit record. That was major imposter syndrome. Then I ended up speaking at a conference in California this fall about imposter syndrome, having major imposter syndrome. This stuff doesn't go away, everyone that's listening out there. I just want you to hear that. It doesn't go away. No. But you take back some of the power and the pain and the paralyzation by literally just naming it by naming it and talking about how you're experiencing it. So this example about the narcissism, that's a wonderful example to say, yeah, I don't know everything, right? Like I'm not the quote unquote expert of all experts, but people like the way I'm relaying this information, they find it relatable. And that's what I've found with my imposter syndrome stuff is like, I have imposter syndrome all the fucking time. That doesn't make me the expert in it, but because I'm able to talk about it and name it and people can identify, I've been quote unquote crowned the imposter syndrome expert in the therapy world. And I think that if you don't try though, if y'all don't try to take a chance or just start talking about stuff that you're passionate about, not going through that fine tuning, I've got to find the perfect thing to start out with. I can't do a TikTok video until I have the absolute perfect username or name for the video. Like get out of your own ways. Those are our own roadblocks that we create. And social media marketing is just about capturing your personality. Yeah, I love that, man. So, so well said. That's such a common uh, entrepreneur um, thing in, in general, the, the imposter syndrome, right? Like I, I just, every day, <laughs> like, who am I? Who am I to do? Like, I like, oh, but I had 300,000 followers on TikTok. And I, I just think about that for a second. Sometimes I'm like, what? 
<laughs> like, what are they following me talking. for? I don't have anything to offer them. No, I'm just talking about digital marketing stuff. Why? Why, Why are all these? I'm just a, nobody, right? But it's it helps people. And that's it helps the secret people. in every industry. And they're going to relate to your messaging and how you approach the messaging, right? Because I can already get the sense this is the first time you and I have met that there's some humility there. People pick up on that when we can talk about things, but we're doing it from a place of humility. I will admit when I'm feeling insecure, anxious, or overwhelmed, or having the imposter syndrome situation. When I start my coaching programs for therapists to start their businesses, I'm sitting there looking at 30 faces from all over the country. And I'm thinking, why the fuck did they hire me? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Or like, I've definitely been a therapist sitting across from a client as they've been explaining their story. And I'm thinking in my head, this person really needs to call a therapist. Oh shit, I am a therapist. Like <laughs> That humility is important with this stuff and it allows us to at least not let the imposter syndrome dictate and control, but you're so right. I mean, 300,000 followers on your end, like, and I'm sure that will continue to grow. Um, any of us who have followings, even if it's one person, you've, you're still self-conscious about what you're putting mm-hmm. out there, right? Like. There's always room for criticism and feedback, and it it creates a lot of vulnerability being seen by other people. And as human beings, we want to be liked. We don't want to be like torn down by any means. So everyone that's listening, there's a starting point to this. Austin didn't start with 300,000 followers on TikTok. I only started a podcast 15 weeks ago. Like, But you have to put the one foot in front of the other, even if it's just a baby step. That's it. It it really comes down to just that imperfect action. Build the plane as you fly it, so to speak. Like you are allowed to just put the idea out there and then figure out how to do it. It doesn't have to be perfected before you can put it out to the world. Yeah, so well said. And um, (laughs) one thing in particular to pay attention to uh, with that following is that uh, pay more attention to the positive responses that you get. Because what one thing that we see pretty often is that you might get a hundred positive comments, but you get one negative one. And it seems all of those hundred people just like go away for a moment. And you feel like you've, you've done something wrong because this one person is very loud, right? This is just a troll in most cases. This is somebody who's personally insecure and is sitting in wherever their environment is, taking the time to, this therapist is wrong because my own, my personal anecdotal evidence proves differently. And, and, <laughs> and like, that's a part of the game. So take note of that too. No matter how many followers you have, you have 10 followers, you have 10 million followers, focus more on the people that you're actually making a positive impact in their lives and less so on these trolls and negative comments, because most of the time they're, they're coming from a place of insecurity. So well said, we'd really fall into that insecurity comparison trap in social media. And I know that that's the other side of this. And it's one of these necessary evils, so to speak, where it's like, we do need social media for a lot of reasons, especially as entrepreneurs, but there are going to be some painful things that come with it too. One of which is exactly what Austin just named is that sometimes people are going to just say things just to say things to tear you down. And if you can't focus on the fact that 99.9% of your following is positive, that you can only hyper focus on the negative, it can be quite destructive in a lot of ways, personally and professionally. I'm actually thinking of the, uh, I don't know if you ever watched South Park, but there is an episode where they're in like this world of Warcraft and there's a guy in there like just down in his basement, like eating pizza and just like playing the game and like (laughs) classic. 
but you're, you're so, so right. And also at the end of the day, everyone, as your following grows, the potential for people to not like what you have to say grows. I mean, that's just oh, yeah. the reality. As your reputation continues to increase, as you continue to become you know, more visible and front and center and in front of more people, not everyone's going to agree with your messaging. Not everyone's going to like what you have to say. And that is okay. That it, we do not exist in an echo chamber. And for social media marketing, sometimes you're going to get some feedback that you don't agree with. And that's also okay. So I don't want to say tough skin, but ultimately just realizing that if you get 99 emails that are positive and one negative and you only focus on the negative, that's, that's an issue. And that's something you will need to work through as well. And I can't say that I'm not guilty of that. Several of my Facebook friends who listen to this podcast know I've definitely screenshot some hater emails where I'm like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, listen, dude, you got like 500 positive ones. It's okay. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And I, I love the people that challenge like doctors and, and PsyDs and psychologists, right? From with no experience whatsoever. And they'll be like, I, I get video. I work a lot in the drug and alcohol treatment space, the substance abuse space. So we'll get, we'll, <laughs> We'll do a video on like generally what alcohol withdrawal symptoms are like or what the timeline is like, right? And then you'll get somebody in the comments like, I drank for 20 years uh, and had and quit cold turkey and had no experience. You're weak if you can't do that. And it's like, oh my, what? You're, you're basing your own personal experience on the rest of the world. Do you not understand how your <laughs> people are different? People are biologically different. People handle things differently physically, emotionally, everybody is a unique individual, including you as this strange commenter or same thing. Like you can say like my, they'll, they'll say something like my brother went through this, my sister went through this. Um, and they were, you know, they didn't need therapy. So you're a quack or something like that. Right. And it's the, it's just the nature of the game. The more people that you reach, the more haters that you're going to get. And there's lots of strategies to you know, work through that. If it really taxes you emotionally, you can just either turn off comments. I don't necessarily recommend this, but you can, if it gets to a certain point, you can always just not read the comments. I, I do recommend engaging with people regularly, but if it does get to that point emotionally for you, you can just not respond to the comments and just put out gen genuinely helpful information over and over again and play with that. One thing I like to do um, and this is easier said than done sometimes, of course, emotionally, but I, I feel empathy for somebody that I know is an obvious troll. So, and I, I use it to my favor a little bit. So what I'll do is when they post something like BS, you're, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. I'll ask him a question. I'll respond with a question. Right. And so what I'm doing is I'm increasing my engagement on that post. Right. So I, I stir the conversation and I get them to come back. And, the, and they're, they're angrily typing up a, a response, right? Meanwhile, my video's playing in the background over and over again. They came back to my video, they're engaging with it. I do this constantly. It works phenomenal. Like, well, why do you, well, why do you feel that way? What is that based on? Like, tell me more, tell me more about your experience, right? <laughs> it's just, it's just it's a very, very uh, therapeutic, uh, savvy approach right there to just continue. <laughs> reflecting that back to them and asking open-ended questions. Yeah. Curiosity is, is important. Yeah. I like that strategy quite a bit. Sometimes you get them to turn around too. Like if you, if you ask that, like if you leave a meaningful thought and question, sometimes like hours later, they'll come back and I've seen them post something like I was, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't in the right emotional state. I was drinking. 
Um, I, I, it was an emotional response. I saw it. I had a, an emotional response. You're right. I'm sorry. And they back off a little bit. And you can do this with trolls sometimes. Some good free advice right there in case any of you are <laughs> concerned about the uh, suffering, the slings and arrows, so to speak. And at the end of the day, I know we are human beings. We like positive reinforcement and validation, but you're not doing it for that for the most part. You're doing it just to get your message across and to make sure that you show up visibly and consistently. And we're all, we're not, you know, immune to it. I, I certainly look at my podcast downloads every Monday when it comes out and I'm like, oh shit, this is doing really well. Or like, why isn't it doing well? But at the end of the day, that doesn't define who you are. If you're thinking about starting your social media accounts and starting to do some marketing and some messaging, just really try hard to work through some of that because it can be a little bit more like uh, pulling the lever of a slot machine with that quick dopamine rush over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Um, this is such a helpful conversation. Honestly, I'd like to make this like a, a two or three part conversation because there's so much that people that are listening could learn from this. I really appreciate all the insight because we've had marketing professionals on before, but again, different perspectives, right? Like your Absolutely. perspective and approach, especially because you do work with people in the industry is going to be very different from people who don't know the industry at all. And for any of you that are listening and looking for social media marketing, um, I do think it's important that the person who's doing your marketing knows your ideal clientele and your, the people that you're trying to market to, because that, that makes a significant difference instead of someone that, you know, maybe they're used to just marketing restaurant industry stuff. Like, just be really aware, be really intentional about who you're hiring. I see these questions in my Facebook group and all the other therapist Facebook groups all the time. Who's got the name of social media marketers? Who has social media content planners that they like? And I just want everyone to really think about who you're hiring and why, and don't always make it about the price point. Like, obviously that matters, but marketing is about return on investment too. You're not always going to see that in the short term. You're most likely going to see it in the long term. So having to take that perspective as well. Yeah, very important. Uh, or, organic marketing in particular takes time sometimes. This is not advertising. It's not paid advertising where you are targeting a specific person and, and you have your cost per click. And as soon as you turn it off, the leads cut off, right? This is a, a, a much more long-term backend strategy, which is really powerful because when you build it out the right way, it pays dividends basically forever for you. Now, it, uh, uh, circling back to the beginning, yes, of course, it'll taper off if you don't continue to stay consistent with it, but it will generate you leads consistently if done right for a very long time. Very well said. And that's a great way to end on a, a very positive note. I hope everyone that's listened can get a lot out of this conversation because I think this is really informative and also paints a different light in terms of how you can view marketing and networking and, and social media management in general. So. Austin, I just want to thank you. And yeah, please tell the audience where they can find more of what you offer in case they do want to look you up, if they want to hire you to do some of this stuff for them. Yeah, Patrick, firstly, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. It was an awesome conversation. Uh, you can get uh, a hold of me. My website is socialtypro.com. You can follow me on TikTok if you like, at socialtypro. And uh, I have a TikTok checklist uh, if anybody's interested in that. It's free. Uh, it's a downloadable in exchange for an email address, full transparency. Uh, that's uh, socialtypro.com slash TikTok dash checklist. Maybe it'll be in the show, show notes. I don't know. Uh, but that'll give you uh, really good pointers and a head start on how you can leverage your expertise 
uh, and, and market yourself and everything that you do and genuinely help people on TikTok. Fantastic. And for everyone listening, everything that Austin just said will be in the show notes. So don't worry about any of that. Check out his free download, check out his TikTok account and just follow some more really fantastic content. And what's the podcast name that you have too, so we can plug yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. It's a, a new podcast. So it's gonna be called Business Talk. Uh, all one word, Business Talk. Uh, that should be dropping end of March. Uh, and I'm gonna be interviewing business owners that are actually leveraging uh, TikTok to generate uh, business and, and sales. It's not just a vanity metric podcast. It's a, it's a tactical business podcast from businesses in, in every different industry, including therapists and substance abuse treatment centers and in the behavioral health space. Very cool. That sounds awesome. So I imagine that it's going to be business talk, T-O-K? T-O-K, yes. Business talk, T-O-K. Very, very cool. So everyone keep an eye out for that at the end of March. And yeah, really fantastic conversation. If you want to find more of me, go to allthingspractice.com where you can find private practice coaching, retreats, podcast episodes, and all sorts of free resources, including the free private practice startup guide. If you're on Facebook, join the All Things Private Practice Facebook group, the All Things Private Practice podcast. Listen, download, subscribe, and share, and we will see you next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.